everyone. I just wanted to say a big thank you to everyone who dropped a review for this podcast. A few weeks ago, I sort of let you all know that I was looking to get to over 100 reviews by the end of the year, and I'm so excited to report that we're at 103 right now. As you know, reviews and ratings are one of the ways that podcasts get discovered. So every time you rate and review a podcast, you're helping it get um, pushed a little bit up the list so that more people can hear it. So thank you very, very much to everyone who participated in that. I'm so happy and it, it really made me feel heard that I kind of put the call out there and so many of you responded. So thank you again. Happy holidays. Happy end of the year. And I'll catch you in 2022. I much rather would have just literally gotten it myself. Like I, I much have rather would have just paid the whole thing on my own instead of like making the freaking waiter go and split the damn check into two on two credit cards and make them go through that freaking hassle. Oh God. Dear Men, fan favorite girl talk. So excited about it. Thank you so much for being here, ladies. I really, really appreciate you taking the time. And um, yeah, this is kind of a hot button issue. And I feel like I'm really excited to do this topic because it is uh, ripped from the headlines. (laughs) So um, (laughs) as you know, if you're a regular listener, I um, co-run a program for men with my coach friend, Jason Lang, and he does lots of Facebook posts. And one of the top comments he gets from men is, yeah, 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 that's all well and good, but women only like men who have money. And I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have money. And this, uh, this comes up a lot, um, at least on, on Facebook. So like, you know, how real is it? I mean, obviously it's real for people, but you know, it's Facebook comments. So like, who knows the actual percentages of, uh, you know, men for whom this is on their mind, but I'm guessing it's a pretty good percentage. So I'm really happy to have um, three beautiful women here with me to share about their experience with this. So um, like normal, we're just going to go around and introduce ourselves briefly and we'll just do um, our name, our rough age, our relationship status, zero to 10. Uh, and um, our favorite, our favorite flower. Let's do flowers. I like that one. That's a nice one. Should we start with you, Amber? Sure. I'm Amber. Uh, Relationship, I would say uh, I'm an eight. And uh, I'm in my late 30s. My favorite flower. I love a good good, uh, Gerber daisy. Uh, Nice and colorful. Reminds me of spring. Oh, that's a sweet one. I like that. Thank you. I'm Layla. This I am in my early 50s. My relationship status is a 10. I just got engaged. Mazel Yay! Congratulations. Yay. And um, I would say my one of my favorite flowers is ranuncula. Uh, what? A, who's he? What now? <laughs> <laughs> Temecula. No, a ranuncula. 
Oh, what is that? <laughs> Can you say Temecula, like the city? I did. I did. That's probably what a lot of guys thought. <laughs> Wait, can you say it one more time? Oh, you know, maybe I'm saying it wrong, but I can just imagine it. So it's those full, full round flowers with all of the petals all close together. So they're like, it's like a super tight rose looking flower, but they don't smell like a rose, but they're a lot tighter. Oh, kind of like a peony? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm definitely Googling that later. Thank you for (laughs) educating me. (laughs) Hey y'all, this is Nancy. I am 26 on a scale of zero to 10 in terms of relationship status. I would say I am a two, (laughs) solid two, happy with it. I'm not mad at it. I'm doing my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Not mad at it. (laughs) Minding my own business. Um, So... (laughs) And my favorite flower is a tulip. So I have a very particular favorite flower. So it's the tulips that kind of start off pinkish orange at the bottom, and then they come up ombre to yellow at the top. Those are, I will die. That is super specific. Love it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) My name is Mel and I'm in my late thirties. I would say relationship status zero. And my favorite flower is also tulips, yellow or pink, probably okay. pink first and then yellow. So we're, we're very similar there, Nancy Bamsey. We can buy each other flowers since we don't have yeah. a bay. <laughs> you can be my bay. Nice. Yeah. Nancy is bay. Okay. Um, so we're talking about men and money today. And uh, like I said in the intro, you know, this kind of stemmed from sort of the Uh, I wouldn't say complaint exactly, but sort of the question that I think is on a lot of men's minds, which is, do I need to have money to be successful with women? And um, I would like to start, um, so we usually do like the format for this is usually bad story, good story. In this case, we're going to start with, um, we're just going to do a series of questions, basically, we're each going to answer the same question. So the first question is, when is a time that money has been an issue with you and a man, whether you were in a relationship or on a date or something like that, what is the story of a time that that has been an issue? Anyone can start. Um, I'll start. Uh, I was, I was in a relationship, um, for about three years, um, with a guy who was actually, um, a close friend, um, for a long time before we got into a relationship. And, we happened to get together in a time in our careers where I was um, kind of on, on like a pretty, pretty strong upward tilt um, to get a little bit into details. I specifically was switched from a non-exempt to an exempt employee. And the reason that's meaningful is because I worked a ton of overtime. And so the time I worked was taken into account when I switched. And so I had like a something like a 30K pay increase Um while we were together fairly early in our relationship. And then once I had that increase, I also kind of continued on an upward trajectory, both in terms of, of how much I was making as well as responsibility and title and all that. And so when we started, we were probably making right around the same salary. And then by the time we got into around the third year of our relationship, I was making probably like 40% more than him. Um, and it was an issue because he had a really hard time with it. 
And I think that that it was really more about his unhappiness in his position and his role and, and feeling like he should be at a different place. And, and my making more than him sort of put a magnifying glass on that. Um, I'm a pretty frugal person, so it's not like I was out spending money wildly or, or I, in my opinion, kind of throwing it in his face in any way. Um, but I, but I think it was, I think it was something that was really hard for us. And he also wasn't a wonderful communicator. So we didn't have kind of clear, open conversations about it. Um, so I think that was one of the, one of the things that was really hard is I, I felt it was an issue. He would say something, you know, a little bit resentful every now and then. Um, but we never really, we never really talked it through. Can you give an example? Cause I think this is kind of important. Um, can you give an example of something that he might say in terms of like a comment? Cause I, I think this is a really important place to pause. Cause I think there are mul- many couples who go through something like this. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would normally be something along the lines of say, say I wanted to go out and do something and him saying something along the lines of, well, that's nice that you say, say I wanted us to go get a drink together. And it would be something along the lines of, well, that's nice that you can afford that or something like that. And the thing was, is he was also dealing with all this stuff around, around feeling depressed around his career and position and so it was probably that he didn't feel like going out because he was in a shitty mood. It wasn't really about the money, but he would, you know, make this underhanded comment to make me feel bad, feel guilty. And and it wasn't, I would always offer to pay for stuff. I mean, I wouldn't even offer. I would just, when the bill came, I would pay. I wouldn't make a thing out of it. Um, but he would say stuff like that, I think, I think because it, he he wanted me to know that he was uncomfortable with you know, with the fact that, that he, he couldn't afford things that he wanted to, to be able to. Yeah. And I just kind of want to point out how like crappy that is for you. And, and I, I don't like, I think it's really important in these kinds of circumstances for each partner to be honest, but let's take this circumstance. I think it would have been a lot better for the two of you and for the relationship for him to say, Hey, I'm feeling a certain kind of way about this difference that we have in income. And I want you to know that I'm proud of you. And, and I also feel insecure. So like, and that never happened ever. And I've been there as well. I think a lot of times, a lot of us have experienced this with having friends with different levels and, you know, you, the classic scenarios, you all go out to dinner together and they say split the check and all you got was a salad or whatever it was. So I know it's hard to talk about this kind of thing, but I think if you can't talk about it in a relationship, I mean, it's incredibly problematic to give another really strong example. I paid for a vacation. I, you know, found some all-inclusive deal to Mexico. Mexico. It was something like, you know, some, you know, what I thought was a pretty reasonable price each. Asked him if he wanted to go. He wasn't working. He felt like it didn't look good for him to go when he wasn't working, but I kind of pushed it. I thought it would be really, really fun for us to go. And he basically was in a horrible mood the whole time because I paid for him because he, you know, wasn't happy with that. Um, and I, I, to be honest with you, I don't remember if he ever said something directly about it, but it was, I mean, it was a, it was a pretty difficult time. So. Yeah. And I, this is something that's come up like a couple times, not around money, but just like the recognition that we can have multiple feelings at the same time. So mm-hmm. like a man can feel 
really proud of his woman for being a girl boss. And he can also feel insecure about that too. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But saying yes to a vacation and then going and being um, like sulking the whole time, that's actually not okay. Like, I just want to call that out. Like that is not okay behavior. That is toxic and it will toxify a relationship. So it's really important to be aware and be honest about what's going on and communicate about it. And, And not just that, but this is, I think, a good like part of why Jason and I stress in our program, like connection with other men, like having a men's group, like having other men to lean on is that you probably need an outlet to talk about this particular issue outside your relationship too. Like this is a big enough thing. Oh yeah. That would have been an amazing option for him. Oh, totally. Like the two things that couples fight about the most are money and sex. Those are the things that they fight about. And if they are just talking to each other about it, it doesn't always progress things. It's really important to get support outside the relationship. So just a shout out to like being able to hold multiple emotions at once and be honest about them because the angry, resentful, bitter, sulking behavior in a relationship will kill that relationship. Okay, who's next? Well, I have kind of an opposite story, so I'll go. And I dated someone a few years ago who made a lot of money and was super proud of it. Um, you know, actually kind of talked about it a lot. And, but at the same time, whenever we would go out, um, everything had to be split evenly down the middle. And it was such a turnoff. It wasn't that I, uh, I, I like being able to contribute and I like to be part of the, a relationship, but it was a weird, it was a weird thing to have in place that everything was always split down the middle. And I think that for me, that took away from, you know, any opportunity for it to be like a flow of give and take and love and caring from either of us. Like I couldn't care for him. He couldn't care for me in, in a way like that. So it was almost an opposite experience. Um, And, you know, listening to some of these stories just make me think, you know, I guess everyone has their own weird thing about money. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, right? Because money is foundational to our survival. It is associated with safety. It's associated with status. Like there's so much stuff that goes along with it. It's a different thing to every person. And I don't know what this guy's background was, but I I have a friend of mine who's very specific about money. And with her, it's about fairness. Like what is fair? What is right? It's not really about the money in the end. It's like about value. And I don't know what this person's background was, but I'm imagining perhaps it had something to do with fairness or like fear of being taken advantage of. Right. Yeah. And I'm curious, did you guys ever, like, was it ever discussed or was it like Amber's situation where it just kind of was always a thing in the relationship and never really got talked about? Well, I mean, I certainly tried, you know, I certainly tried to discuss it and I wanted to, you know, because I prefer things to be um, give and take and, you know, there to be some flow, right? I don't, I'm not, I don't respond well to rules. (laughs) And so that, that was what I, you know, in like, ultimately in the end, I would have been fine with it, like ending up the exact same way, but having to be like, you know, following certain rules, someone else's rules about money was just, um, a total turnoff. A huge turnoff. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. Uh, Nance, do you want to go or do you want me to go? 
Yes, I will go ahead. So the first story that comes to mind where I had a not so good experience with a guy on a date around the topic of money was um, I, I met up with this guy I was seeing after, and this was like kind of early on, but he had been a friend for a while and also like a colleague. Um, and so we, he decided to ask me out and we went, we met up at this Thai restaurant after work and got dinner there. And um, <laughs> just for context, I was like very hungry that night because it was like a really late night and I had stayed at work until, I don't know, eight or nine and it was a late dinner. So I show up to this Thai restaurant and we sit down and then we start taking a look at the menu and um, he says he's, you know, not really hungry here. He says like, you can go ahead and start ordering first and then we'll, we'll see like where we get. And so I'm like thinking, okay, so I'm going to order something. You're going to order something, right? And so if you're not so hungry, maybe you can order something smaller or we can share or whatever. And so I order this, <laughs> I ordered this like bowl of like Tom Yum soup. And I like put in my order to the waitress and then she takes a look at, she looks over at him and he says, that's all we'll be having. <laughs> so I'm like, uh, okay. So I guess he's not eating, but I'm going to eat because uh, I'm very clearly hungry. And then the food comes and there's this bowl of like Tom Yum. I don't know. It's like a really small bowl and we split it. We end up splitting it. Um, and when oh the check, god. oh my god, I know, cringe, right? When the check comes, you, like you know where this story is going. So the check comes, and I say, "I'll get it." I offer to get it. I say, "I'll get it because I ordered it," right? And he's like, "No, we can split it." And we literally split this like nine, ten dollar check in half. Like I was so <laughs> embarrassed. Like I, I much rather would have just literally gotten it myself. Like I, I much have rather would have just paid the whole thing on my own instead of like making the freaking waiter go and split the damn check into two on two credit cards and make them go through that freaking hassle. Oh God. But I was like <laughs> flabbergasted because I was like, are you kidding me? Did this guy really want to split this like $10 like I think from now on we should we should call this the Tom Yum incident. The Tom Yum <laughs> situation ordeal. When um, when exactly did this occur, Nancy? Was was this by any chance? Was this in the, the summer, summer of 2017? <laughs> this was no, this was the winter of 2015. <laughs> oh, oh, early on. Back. Okay. All right. Taking it back. That's right, right. Yeah got some history here but uh <laughs> but um just for context like I you know Mal you you bring up this um the fact that everyone has a different relationship with money right it's very personal to the individual themselves and for, for me like growing up I my parents taught me to be like very, very generous. And I think that comes with some drawbacks as well. Like I think like sometimes maybe I'm I feel like I need to be more generous because of the, I, I don't know, like I don't want people to think I'm cheap or I don't want people to think I'm like greedy or, or selfish. And maybe there's a little bit of uh, kind of subconscious drive that makes me kind of drives me to be like, you know, constantly give, 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 give. Um, but yeah, in this situation, I was really turned off because I was like, really like, 
I think um, it kind of relates to the story that uh, Lila was telling around um, like the fairness thing. I think he was one of those guys that was like felt like everything needed to be really fair. And to add even more context, like during the dinner, he mentioned something around uh, we were talking about kids and money, and he said he mentioned that he thinks that kids are a waste of money, and he would rather spend that money on himself or on his travel. So that gives a little bit more insight into maybe how he thinks and how he was raised and his values around money. So obviously in that situation, it just, our, you know, our values and um, beliefs around money just didn't align there. And there was, that's why there was that friction or why there was that kind of like sense of, for me, like a huge turnoff in that incident. Yeah. The Tom Yum incident. <laughs> girl, I just wish for you that you had egg rolls. I was like, no. girl, I was like, she must've been so hungry. If you were hungry and just had soup. Half, half Let me tell you, I left that. I I went I went straight to get another dinner after that. <laughs> I, was like, I need to, girls gotta eat. Okay. Oh, yeah. No. 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 That's like that's like you're heading at the taco truck after. That's that. right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. I bet. Um. All right. So my story. Is- I do just want to clarify too, though. That like we're laughing and it's awkward, not because of the amount of money, like we've talked about before, or you've talked about before on the podcast, you can have a cheap date and it's a great idea. But if you have a cheap date and and are going about it this way, it's not the way to go. You say, Hey, I would love to do something casual. There's a beautiful beach by my house. Do you want to take a walk? And you spend $0. (laughs) But this is, this is not the way to go about it. If you only want to, and maybe it wasn't about that. Maybe it was about the fairness, but yeah, I, I just want to be really clear that all the all the laughter and the awkwardness and the oh my god isn't about the amount of money; it's about how he handled it, which was right. not well. Yeah, and Mel even said it. It's not about the money itself; it's about the principle, right? It's about the value. Yeah. So my story, I love this because I feel like my story kind of splits the difference. Um, so I met a guy, and we started dating in like the beginning of summer. And I can't remember the exact timeline, but I believe this is the timeline. I meet him. We start dating within two weeks. I lose my job. And then within another week, I find out I'm going to get evicted because our landlord is selling our house. So, um, my circumstances change dramatically while I'm seeing this guy. And he is um, doing very well for himself. He's making, he's making six figures. He has a steady job. He's like doing really well. So um, basically um, in the, the, the truth of the matter is that we, we flowed pretty well with money. So what the way that we um, ended up doing it de facto without discussing it was he would pick up the check at expensive places. So if we were going to go somewhere nice, he would pick up the check. If I was, if like we were at like a coffee place or doing something inexpensive, I would pick up the check. So we alternated, but it was always, um, imbalanced and that he was picking up more, like more of the expensive things than, than I was. That's a nice flow. Yeah. I think that's the flow that you were looking for. Yeah. 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 It doesn't have to be rules about it. It's, you know, it's, it, it, it's understood and, you know, both people, both people want to contribute. Yeah. That was, that was my, um, experience. And, and like what I would say, the reason I brought it up as a story that was an issue is because 
we never discussed it like out out loud. We never had a conversation about it. And if I'm being really honest, I definitely felt shame. Absolutely. Like I definitely felt shame. Like I can't actually contribute the way that I would like to. And it, and it was kind of a trigger for me. And it was also a little bit stressful because I never like really knew if he was going to pick it up. Right. Like I was like pretty sure he'd pick up the check, but when we did like more pricey things, I was kind of anxious part of the time that we were doing them or like we went away. We like did a weekend getaway, not an expensive one. It was, it was like to the beach or something. And I, I think he just booked the hotel. Like I can't remember how it all went down. I, what I, what I think happened is he booked the hotel and then on the way out, I bought the gas. It was something like that. And, um, I think what would have felt better for me is I think I would have preferred to like have a conversation and say like, I really appreciate how much you've been picking up the bill. And like, I really love that. And I feel like we've got a nice flow going and I do like wish I could contribute more. Like I do feel kind of like ashamed of, you know, how much I can do because my guess is that he would have said something like, I really like taking you to nice places. I really like the kinds of meals that I like. And I'm happy to pick up those bills because I know that you wouldn't be able to do that responsibly. Like if we were, if, you know, if we were really splitting everything, we wouldn't be able to do the things that I want to do with you. And I'm happy to do that because I, I want your companionship. Like I'd like you to be there. So I really like the flow we've got going too. And I just want to reassure you, like, this is, I, I'm having a great time and I don't feel taken advantage of because I think that was part of my fear was like, fuck, what if, what if he does feel taken advantage of and he's going to like punish me later? Like, I don't really know. Like, is this okay with him? I was like, pretty sure it was, but it was just like a weird position to be in of like, I was trying to save money to move, to move. Cause I was getting kicked out of my place. And I was like trying to find these stopgap jobs. Like it was stressful. And he knew that it was stressful and I couldn't contribute more, but we never actually had an open discussion about it. So I think it's interesting to sort of, um, see how in each of these stories, like many of us aren't having open discussions about money with each other and it does affect the relationship. Well, the other interesting thing is that, you know, in all the stories, it kind of isn't really about the actual money. It's more about like how it's being handled. And, and like you said, just, you know, being in communication, it's not even really about the actual amount or anything. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think that's the other thing that needs to be highlighted in this discussion is self-awareness, like understanding, you know, what money represents to you and what you bring in a relationship. So for example, I was talking to somebody, um, I can't remember. It was, it was some man who was like in his forties or fifties or something. And he was a split it down the middle guy, um, like your guy, Lila. And he said that he had been, he had felt really taken advantage of in his divorce. And it really like completely impacted the way that he felt about money and women. And he was kind of like carrying that on. And, and like, if, if, if that, if I were dating that guy and he kind of brought it up, like, this is a hot button for me. Like I felt really, um, yeah, I felt taken advantage of. And I feel, I feel a little vulnerable around this topic and it makes me feel safer when we split things down the middle. Then I would be like, oh, okay, I understand where you're coming from. But I think a lot of people 
aren't actually self-aware about what it's about. Like for them, it's about fairness, but they're not aware that it's about fairness. They just think it's unfair when it's not a certain way. Yeah, that makes complete sense. And, and the being vulnerable and being willing to be in partnership about that in conversation wouldn't, you know, makes all the difference. Well, I would just say that, that I think that, I think exactly what you guys are saying about communication being the key. It really is. I've been in the opposite scenario. I've been in, in two relationships where we did discuss it more openly. One, when I was a lot younger and he made probably twice as much as me. And I basically, I brought it up. I basically said, you know, he would go out to dinner pretty much every night, lived in New York at the time. That wasn't uncommon, but that was not my lifestyle, not just because of money, but just because I'm a cook. That's what I do. I, I cook myself dinner. And so at some point I brought up, you know, I, I, I gotta be honest, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable that every time you go out to eat, you pick up the bill. And he was sort of like, me too, we should split it sometimes. And I was like, well, but here's the problem. I would never go out to eat this much. I would never spend this much. And so I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to have to change your lifestyle, but I, I do want to kind of figure out a compromise. And, and what ended up happening was basically, you know, when I would cook, I would buy the groceries and when we'd go out, he would, he would, um, pay for dinner. But I think if we hadn't talked about it, I actually think he was starting to build up a little resentment, even though he always offered to pay. And so I think talking about it was, was really key. Um, and then in my current situation, kind of like you were just sharing now, um, I, um, lost my job right after we started dating and he was very straightforward about, I'm going to pick up the bill while you're not working. And there were times when I felt uncomfortable at it. There were times when I would sort of like sneak pay for a bill, a copy or something, but, but we talked about it pretty openly and that made a big difference. I didn't have that, that sort of sense of shame and worry, um, that, that you had to deal with now when you were in that, in that scenario. So it, it, I would just say, yes, you're right. That makes that, that makes the difference. I love that. I love that success story. And just like, um, what I really like about that second story is that that man like took the lead and was like, listen, while you're yeah. out of work, I'm picking it up. This is what's happening. So that it wasn't this like, yeah. and if I had said, no, I'm totally uncomfortable with that, then we would have found a different compromise, but we, you know, we, yeah, I mean, we did find a compromise, but it wasn't, we, we talked about it. It was out in the open. And as you said, taking that masculine lead was also, it was also attractive and, and made me feel taken care of. Yeah. I really like that. Um, does anyone else have any like other success stories before we shift gears? Okay, cool. So we're going to shift gears now to sort of address that question directly that I asked at the beginning of, is it a requirement for a man to have money for you to want to date him? Um, And we're going to sort of split this out into two, two phases, right? Because there's the like, uh, hooking up with a guy and dating a guy phase of like, maybe things aren't so serious, right? And then there's committed relationships. So let's just start with, is it important to you that a man has money? to have sex with him or date him? Uh, so my, my quick answer would be no. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can tell you, I honestly don't think that I've ever had a conversation with a girlfriend about how much money a man had. Um, 
I can think of maybe a few times where I've dated somebody that did have more money and bragged about it. And I've talked about it just in like, Hey, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, this guy drives like a, a Porsche and he told me how much it costs and no, oh, it's kind of intimidating. Um, but I, I, I honestly don't think I've ever said he doesn't make enough money, like whether it was a hooking up dating or relationship situation. Um, I think that, that what Lila said before about what money symbolizes is really key, where if I date a man that has no ambition and that often can be tied to money, that I'm more likely to, to walk away from because right. I, I want somebody that I, I'm not talking about ambitious, like, you know, wants to run the world, but, you know, has Obvious. some career drive, has some, you know, yeah. entrepreneurial spirit, something going on. Wants to contribute. Um, is looking to contribute. Yeah. Yeah. Just to contribute. Um, yeah, I think I, I'll jump in. I totally agree. I, when I'm looking at, um, you know, hooking up with a guy, having sex with a guy, starting to date a guy, it's, it's like not relevant to me. Like the amount of money that that guy makes, like I'm thinking of, um, a guy that I dated recently, um, was doing a work trade. So he wasn't actually earning, um, that much money. He was kind of like trading work for his housing and that wasn't important to me. It didn't, I don't care. I don't care about how much money a guy makes. What I cared about was he looked me in the eye when we talked, he knew how to put attention on me. Right. He was in his body. He was grounded. He pursued me. He looked me in the eye again. Like I've mentioned that twice, but I was like, Ooh, that's really sexy. The way that he's like grounded and looking me in the eye. Like that's what attracted me to him. It was his magnetism. It had nothing to do with money. And you know, like one of our first dates was going for a walk on the beach and it was fucking awesome. Like I didn't, I don't need to go out to fancy meals. That's not like, it's fun, but it's not at all important honestly, to, to me personally. So I would say, I would agree with Amber, not like a non-factor. I would absolutely agree with that. Really exactly what you said. It, you know, it really has so much to do with how they're showing up in the relationship. You know, like if they, like you said, if they look you in the eye, if they're confident, if they can have a conversation and, and listen and are easygoing and it feels good together. Um, yeah, if they, you know, make an effort to pursue me or, um, all of that is, are things that I notice and money is, uh, it doesn't even really come up in the beginning. I mean, because the things that are showing up is how he shows up. Well said. I agree with a lot of those sentiments and also I'll... (laughs) What I'm going to share seems a little bit contradictory, but I can explain, please. Um, So all of my past boyfriends have worked in finance. (laughs) Um, But that is not to say I was attracted to those guys because they had money per se, but more so because ambition and drive is something that I find so, so, so super sexy. And um, so my first boyfriend, he, I, 
like my first serious relationship, um, I dated him for like, I don't know, a little bit over two years and we started dating in, um, in college. And at that time, like he was really focused on his schoolwork and I was working, like I've been working since, you know, like college. So I was like, I had work study jobs and I spent a lot of time. Like I, you know, one semester I did, I worked full time and also was taking classes at the same time. So full-time student, full-time worker as well. And like I paid for a lot of our expenses and, you know, I never felt like resentful or anything. I just knew that um, I was in a place to be able to do so. And I felt committed to this person enough that like, I felt like I didn't, like he didn't know me anything. Um, and I've also like, you know, from at, since that point, I've also dated other men who uh, worked in finance where like I paid for certain things. Like I paid for like when, when we went on, tra- like when we went traveling or whatever, I, play, I paid for like the hotel um, or most of the, the travel expenses and never um, like felt resentful. So it's not, again, it's not about the money, but more so about um, the drive that I, I feel really attracted to, which is why I've dated uh, a lot of guys who work in finance. Um, but yeah, and I think the more, like the older I get, the more I realize the importance of like presence and showing up and like attention and being able to like put attention on me. Cause I think when I was younger, I was always like, oh, if a guy's not going to take me out on a, like on a nice, like dinner the first for the first date like I'm like I'm not gonna want to go with him but then like the older I get I'm like come let's just go get some coffee like (laughs) you know like I don't want to sit across from you at a freaking fine dining restaurant for like an hour like I I don't want to commit you know like an hour to sit across from you at a dinner not really knowing what to kind of expect going in now I'm just like let me just let me just do something like simple and casual. We'll just get to know each other. And, you know, if, if I need, I can like, it's a, it's a better out anyway. So, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm being sarcastic. That's hilarious. Um, half kidding. But anyway, yeah. So the, yeah, the older I get, think I, the more I realize the importance of um, really just being, being, there and being present and being a good partner and being a good communicator and a listener and all that, you know, as opposed to having a lot of money and having this sort of sense of like prestige or status that doesn't really matter to me as much yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because what you mentioned, um, I think again, like the, the sort of like, well, I'm not going to go out with him unless he treats me to a nice meal or whatever. I, I actually think that that is a good example of like, that's not even necessarily about the meal. It's about like my value as a woman, like I shouldn't give it up too easy. Or there's, I think there's like a societal um, pressure. I do think there's still a societal pressure or like a paradigm that we still function in kind of like the water we're swimming in. And uh, I think that sort of indicates it of like, Oh, well, he should, you know, he should treat you right. Or like all of that kind of stuff. I think that, yeah, there is, uh, I think if I were a man, it could be confusing to me of how to do this or what my value or worth is if I'm not making a lot of money, right? Like if I don't have that to offer, what is, you know, how do I provide for someone? Um, okay. So this kind of brings us to our next sort of section, which is, um, 
so now you're past the dating phase and you're, you're in the committed relationship phase. And this is like, let's, let's say this is like, you're pretty committed. You know what I mean? Like, this is your boo. This is like monogamous relationship. This is your person probably building towards a future, right? Like, um, Lila, you're engaged, um, you know, in that kind of relationship, would you ladies say that that, that the importance of money or a man being able to provide financially, does that shift? And if so, how? Well, it seems like if you got to that point, you would probably be kind of comfortable with the money thing you would, you would hope. But, um, one of the things that I think is real is especially, you know, when you're younger and you are looking to have a family is, you know, you want to be sure that your partner is all in, you know, and that to me, that doesn't mean, you know, a particular amount of money, but if you want to have a family together, that you're a team and you're, you're going to be working towards this together. So that's more, that was more important to me younger when I was looking to build a family. Certainly, you know, there is a, there is a component of um, wanting to to be able to trust the other person that you're going to do this with. So um, I don't know, but for me, it's more of an overall feeling of safety and being held by this person as opposed to having it be on any one factor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And when you say trust in this circumstance, can you elaborate on that just a little bit? What does that mean? Well, I would say it in, in all ways, trust that you can um, relax, trust that you can, um, you know, be all in and know that they are too. trust that you're not going to be taken advantage of just like they probably don't want to, you know, someone to take advantage of them, you know, trust that when you have a family together, that they're, um, going to contribute and be a part of it and be present and bring their whole self to that just like they, you know, just like you're looking for, but in the beginning, but then it becomes, you know, that much bigger. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. I think for me, when I think about it, it's really about kind of being on the same page in terms of how you look at money and savings and budgeting and spending. I think that if you're really far apart from your partner, that's where, that's where I've seen kind of trouble happen. I have two, two married friends that are um, really kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of how their husbands interact with money. So one, the guy is just such a saver. He, he makes a high salary, but he just um, is really focused on certain goals and, and, you know, manages the budget really tightly. And um, it's not like he tells her what to do per se, but he, um, he, he kind of, he kind of makes sure that if they're saving towards a goal that they stick to it. And she's in agreement on those goals, but sometimes she feels like they could, they could be a little bit looser with it. Whereas the other couple, they'll agree to something and, and he'll just throw it away. You know, they'll say, okay, the, one of the ways we're going to save money this lunch is by, you know, not, you know, not buying work. I mean, not buying work. <laughs> one of the ways we're going to save money this month is by not buying lunch at work. And then he'll just, buy lunch three times a week and act like they didn't agree to that. And um, just in general, they have a really hard time with, with sticking to a budget and, and she feels like she constantly has to nag him about it. And it, it just feels like they, it wasn't something they talked about. It wasn't something they considered before they got married and it's been a real source of pain for them. Um, so, so for me, when, I, when I'm having these conversations, it's really about, are we on the same page in terms of, and, and I think it's different too, because I am in my late thirties. And so, 
So the guys I'm dating are are probably a little bit more established in their career than we, than when I was in my 20s and, and, and people were still figuring stuff out. But if I talk to somebody, like I, I remember I went on a date with somebody um, and he basically said he doesn't believe in saving. He was sort of like, what's the point right now? I'll start saving when I have a reason to, like when I have kids and I have a college fund. And, and it, that's just not my philosophy. I don't, I don't understand that. He made a lot of money. And so I think that was part of it was that he just felt like when he wants to buckle down and start saving, he'll be able to more quickly. But I, it's, it's just not how I look at it. And so I think, I, I think that it's really important to make sure that you're a certain amount aligned. Yeah, I think, right. I would say, um, similarly, like to me, the most important quality is emotional maturity in my man. And I think that that awareness, that self-awareness that I was talking about plays in here of, it actually doesn't matter to me so much how much someone is making or how much I'm making. It's how aware are we of what we're making that mean? And can we talk about it openly? And do I trust that that man is aware of himself and his values and his patterns and things like that? And, you know, yeah, like, can we talk about it? Um, like, I remember I, like a couple years ago, I was friends with this guy and he was, um, he was in a relationship and we would, he had just lost his job, a lot of like job losing in this episode. Um, and we like went out one time and he like bought something kind of expensive, like not crazy expensive, but like, I don't know, like a hundred dollars or something like that. And I remember thinking like, that's kind of weird. Like if I were like, if I were in his position and he was in like a serious relationship, like I think they were, I think they were engaged. I can't remember, but they were, they were on their way to getting married. I remember thinking like no judgment or anything. Like, I don't know what's, what's going on there. But like, if, if that were me, like if I were in that relationship, I think I'd feel a little uncomfortable. Like, is this like a response? Like, I just was sort of like, I don't know how I would like feel about that. And, um, I'd want to be with a person where I could feel safe, like bringing it up and where we could actually talk about it and not have it like be able to talk about it in a way that's like, what's the deeper issue of what's going on? Like, where's the vulnerability here? Cause I feel like whenever there's a, there's a fight or an argument, there's usually vulnerability on one or both people's sides. And when that actually gets shared, the whole game changes. So I want to feel assured that I'm with a man who is emotionally mature enough to be able to do that and go there. And, um, that's more important to me than like how much a man makes or, you know, whether he's able to provide a certain amount in this moment, like that, you know, and yeah, I think that's my answer. I certainly agree with a lot of the points that were made. I'm looking for some, personally, I'm looking for someone who shares the same values around money as I do. And growing up for me, what that looked like was that, you know, my money was my mom's money and my mom's money was my money. My mom's money was my dad's money. My dad's money was my mom's money, blah, 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 so on and so forth. Like we all felt, we all like kind of shared into it and like felt personally responsible for 
you know, responsible for being responsible with money and for being generous with one another. And so that's where my sense of like generosity and giving comes from, where I feel like, you know, I want to take care of my family. I want to take care of my friends, like with money. I'm not going to say that like money isn't important. Like it really, it is, right? It provides us a sense of like safety and um, we need it in order to live. Um, for practical purposes, right? Food and shelter and utilities and et cetera. So I'm not going to completely say like, oh, I don't care about money. Like all I need is love because like I can only sustain so much. Um, But yeah, it it is important that my partner and I are on the same page and similar to what Lila said, like working towards the same goals, right? Um, So whether that means, I don't know, saving for a family or our kids' college fund or planning a vacation, like that's all something that needs to be discussed and um, openly communicated. Um, And I think, um, you know, for me, I mentioned earlier that ambition is something that's really important to me as well. And so um, that that can come in many ways, right? It doesn't have to be just uh, another guy working in finance that I'm going to date next. Who knows? He very much could be working in finance, but he could not. Maybe he's uh, ambitiously working towards being um, an actor and maybe he's, maybe he's struggling in, in some way or another because it's, I'm sure that world is very difficult to kind of break into, but still he maintains a sense of responsibility around money and, and understands that is important that, and um, kind of, you know, values it in the same way that I do. Yeah. And this is again, like, I think I've said this a couple of times, but it's worth saying again, this is one of those things that I think should be taught in schools. Like we need to get real about what it takes to be in a successful intimate relationship because most of us will be in some kind of intimate relationship in our lives and a lot rides on that. Um, and so for example, there's this book called naked and unashamed 10 money conversations. Every couple must have. And in my opinion, I think when, when people get engaged, um, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of preparation that can go into creating a solid foundation for a relationship. And this is, I think one of those things that can get glossed over, um, in the honeymoon phase and really, you know, it's like these conversations that we're having, you know, on this podcast, especially the ones about shame. Like, I don't think it's a coincidence that this book is called naked and unashamed because I really think that money and, Um, especially for the masculine around the ability to provide that's such a fundamental drive for the masculine when shame comes up, you know, like that, that's a deep trigger. Like that's a deep trigger. Like our unconscious, our shadow is going to get triggered. You know, there's a lot that comes with that and the ability to hold that shame and to be aware of it and to be able to share it and have it be held on the other side. Like that's critical to me. So I, I really feel like, like one thing I kind of want to call out here is like, you don't have to do this alone. Like there are resources and there are, there's lots of ways to have an open conversation with someone else about this. Um, and it's really worth doing that. It's really worth doing that, especially since we've moved into this committed relationship part of the discussion. It's really worth, you know, getting a book, getting a couples counselor, getting some help, even if there isn't an issue yet, right? Like investing in that, um, as a foundation, like 
it's a, it's a really good idea. It's a really good idea. It does work. And I don't know, I think it can be really helpful. And, you know, I would say like, I'm guessing Amber, like the fact that you and your man were able to have an open conversation about it. Like when you mentioned that, um, with the one that you were able to talk to about it, like probably both of you have done some personal growth work, right? Like you didn't, it wasn't like a random thing that you guys were able to do. Like there was some, there was some work that had gone into being able to be the kind of person who says, Hey, I'm feeling a little uncomfortable about this. Or like, Hey, I'd like to talk about this. And then for the other person to meet you there, it's like personal growth work matters. It does. It's like, it's the foundation of of everything else basically. Yeah. I mean, I think that, that I've, I've probably shared with you directly, like the best thing about my current relationship is that we have incredibly open communication and that sort of underlying, underlying everything is really key. Right. So, so when we've had further conversations about, you know, investing, savings, budgeting, we've just been really straightforward about like, I get what you're saying. This makes me kind of uncomfortable because, and I don't think you can do that unless you've really taken time to reflect on, you know, just like Nance was saying that, that generosity is, is a really important value to her. If you haven't had the time to taken the time to reflect on that and think about it and identify what's important to you, then you're not equipped to have those conversations. Yeah. And, um, I remember watching a workshop or or someone on TV or something. I'm sorry, I can't be more specific, but they basically said most people will marry their money opposite. Like most people, if they're a saver, they will marry a spender. And if they're a spender, they'll marry a saver. And like, like wherever you fall in the continuum for some reason, because we tend to make choices that sometimes are a bit unconscious, you will, you will pick someone who's different from you. And then and that's not necessarily a problem if you can be open about what's really going on. So like if you're a saver and part of that is like, it's about feeling secure or safe in the world, you know, and, and really like understanding like for your partner, let's say that they're a spender, it's like living in the moment or feeling, feeling pleasure or whatever it is that's important to them. Like they felt really maybe say constricted when they were growing up and it's a value, like freedom is a value to them. It's like really deeply, really deeply listening to that part and really getting where that person is coming from before you start making decisions about where we go from here. That's critical to me. Like for both people to really understand where is this drive? Where is my need to save coming from? What like really deeply, like what is that about? And then to really have that feel held and honored by your partner before compromises are made to me, that's paramount because there's something sacred there. There's a reason that that person has that money, um, habit. Absolutely. And that's a fun part of getting to know them. I mean, you want to know people, you know, if you're in love with someone, you want to have those conversations. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, yeah, it's good to have them before you're like having conflict about, about something. Like at least you have a sense of like, oh yeah, okay. So this is your desire for freedom coming up. Like this is, this is part of it. And for them to feel really seen in that moment kind of helps smooth the way for the rest of the discussion. Amber, I, I was just going to say, Mel, yeah. One thing that, um, one thing that, that kind of came up for me while you were talking is 
I feel like to kind of go back to the to the original point of, of these guys commenting on on Jason's Facebook posts, you know, like that's all well and good, but in order to get the girl, you need money. I feel like that's probably partly in reference to getting those initial dates, getting the first date, matching on Tinder, that kind of thing. And I think one thing that I'm thinking about is I don't want I don't want us to come across as disingenuous in terms of acting like money isn't a factor in any way, because I do think that a lot of us fall into the trap of looking at money as as not a must have by any means, but it's sort of as a value add. You know, so just like just like being good looking is a value add, you know, just like certain things, even having a cute dog can be like, oh, that's, you know, kind of kind of points there. Like when I think about the the guy I mentioned that that drove a Porsche or Porsche, or I, I literally don't even know how to say it because that's how it is important it is to me. But I definitely kind of gave him more credit because he was the right package, right? So he was a doctor and he had a really beautiful apartment and like real art on the walls and this fancy car turned out to kind of be a fuck boy. But I probably went on five dates with him when I would have gone on two if he came in a less shiny package. So I do want to acknowledge that, that we can fall for it a little. And like I said, I'm not talking about just salary or anything. I'm talking about he felt like he had it together in a way that that was attractive to me. Um, but I, I do just want to acknowledge that there are times where where maybe it, it can be a factor. But I think I think what's really important is that it's not the factor. And the type of, of women that are that are looking at it as the most important factor are not probably the women that you want to be in a relationship with. I realized that, right? I realized within a short time that that the packaging wasn't important because everything else, you know, that, that matters to me wasn't there um, because I am the type of woman that a lot of men would want to be in a relationship with. So. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. And I feel like that's a really, really good point. And what I want to highlight there is like, yeah, he got the girl, but he lost the girl. Like, <laughs> right. Like, it's like, okay, sure. You might see, you know, like the men in shiny packages getting the girl, but they're going to lose the girl. If they can't back it up with being present, being able to claim their woman, having these kinds of conversations, they are not going to have a deeply fulfilling intimate relationship because women that value themselves that have the kind of self-esteem we're talking about that really want to build partnership, they're going to dip. And like, like pretty much as soon as you found out that guy was a fuckboy, you were like, yeah, this just isn't, this is not nourishing to me. This isn't where I want to yeah. go. And I, I remember, um, I coached a guy a number of years ago who did, did well for himself, had the shiny car, stuff like that. And the reason that he came for coaching was like, he couldn't sustain a relationship past 60 days. They, there was no woman that would stay beyond two months. It was like, and one of the interesting things is those guys put their money first because they think it's so important, right? Like this guy told me how much his car cost, you know, for no reason. And, and I think that, that the, the misunderstanding goes both ways, both with guys that have money and the guys that don't, they think it's more important than it is. And I'm guessing that's probably partly one of the reasons that that guy's relationships didn't last past 60 days. Yeah. Like a lot of what we, what we ended up working with him on was depth 
and, and his ability to be vulnerable with others. Cause a lot of the mm-hmm. like, questions he would ask would be like shallow surface level, superficial, and he didn't really feel safe going deeper than that. And we were gently pointing out to him, like, you're never going to have a longer term relationship with a woman that you really want to be with. If you don't build this skill, like this skill, this depth and, and really being able to like be vulnerable with her and, and hold space for her. This is a requirement. It's not a nice to have. This is a requirement. And yeah, I I don't know. I just feel like that's, um, I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think that's a really good point in terms of men, maybe looking around the world and seeing other men that have money and have the flashy stuff and being like, look, they're getting hot women. Like you can't tell me they're not getting hot women. And, you know, like you said, like to an extent that's true. Are they keeping those hot women? Most of the time they're not. All right. We're going to start to wrap up here. So I'm wondering if any of the other ladies have any last comments either about that or anything else we've touched on. I don't really have anything else. I, I really liked the, I, I really like the emphasis on the shared values that, that came up because I, I think that ultimately that's um, what it is. And, and like you said, I think that the complaint is really more in the beginning. Um, but you, you know, men can get to some of these shared values and um, I think be a leader in some of those conversations right up front. And that's way more sexy than any amount of money when someone, you know, is really confident about who they are and curious about who you are because they really want to have an extraordinary relationship too. When that is what they lead with, then, you know, there's a lot to be curious about there. Amen to that, sister. I can speak to that just because I've dated, again, a lot of guys who work in finance who make a lot of money. And there have been situations in which I've paid and like for something, you know, pretty expensive and it was like not even acknowledged and I didn't stick around with those guys. Like I, you know, like I, for, I had the story of where I like paid for this like really expensive hotel and the guy that I was dating at the time who worked in finance was standing next to me. He probably makes like, I don't know, four times as much as I do. And like, didn't even say anything about like me paying for the hotel. Wasn't like, Oh, thank you for doing that. Or, Oh, I appreciate, you know, you, whatever paying like, and I, I didn't end up with him because like he didn't know how to like lead those sort of conversations. So it's not, again, at the end of the day, it's not about like, money in and of itself, right? Like you have a lot of money, so I'm attracted to you. No, it's like, again, it's a, it's a value add, but um, can be a, is not the end all be all. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, I would just like to add to that, the guy that I mentioned, you know, even like whenever I would pay for, even if it was like our juices or our coffees or our like little, whatever, like sandwiches, he always made it a point to say thank you and not in a condescending way, like a genuine, like, thank you. Thanks for getting that. And like, it felt really good. And I did the same for him too. Like when he would buy more expensive things, but it felt really good that he acknowledged, like, I see you, I see what you're doing. I see your contribution. Cause I really, I think that's really what we all want in a relationship is like, Hey, I see you. I see your contribution. I see your beauty. I see, yeah. your I see you. And yeah. that can be, Related to money too. Yeah. 
one thing I would add to is I, I, I feel like I mentioned um, a couple of guys, guys that I dated that made more money. Almost all my relationships have been with guys that, that I was kind of on, on a similar level career and money wise with. I don't want, <laughs> I don't want it to come off. Like, well, we've all dated rich guys. So that's where our opinions are coming from They're Those were the ones that weren't really issues. Right. So that's why I didn't bring those up as much, but even, you know, Mel, you brought up an example of a guy that was doing a work exchange. Um, literally the, the last guy I hooked up with before this relationship was, was probably around 40 and working at a hostel, but it was a hookup and he was, you know, masculine and attractive and pursued me and, you know, I, I do want to be clear that there's been plenty of times where I have been in relationships or dated people that, that made the same or less of me. But I think that in a way, except for the, the relationship that I mentioned, those, those actually worked better because, um, because I, I felt more, more open and communicative in those scenarios. Yeah, good point. I've definitely dated multiple people where we made around the same amount. And so, and it usually wasn't very much. And so it was like, well, yeah, we're not going to go out to eat every night. Like there was no source of contention because it was like, of course we're going (laughs) to, of course we're going to. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So it wasn't even necessarily didn't need to be discussed. Um, I think the last thing that I would say in terms of like dating or, you know, sort of beginning stages is, um, yeah, there's just a ton of creative stuff to do that doesn't involve lots of money. Like, and I think that it can be kind of fun and exciting to be taken on those kinds of dates and to have like, to plan those kinds of dates. Like there's, yeah, there's just a lot of, um, I think it can, I think spending less on a date can actually be a cool challenge and make it even more fun. So I just wanted to throw out that like even in a place like New York city, like if it's like, I'm taking you on a date and the date is like, we're going to walk the Brooklyn bridge. Like that's a cool date. You know, it's unique. And have a hot chocolate at the end. If you, if you want to, you know, if you want to have kind of a keep it going, right. But it's still, it's still affordable. And, and also I would say we get it. The whole thing about like taking girls on first and second dates over and over again, gets expensive and tiring. I don't, I don't know a single girl that doesn't get that. <laughs> so I, you know, it's, I'm not saying you should like suggest a Brooklyn Bay and say a Brooklyn bridge date and say, because I don't want to spend any money. <laughs> but I think, I think being creative as well as, you know, not, not going all out on, on every first date is really understandable. Yeah. And it's so much more like a Brooklyn bridge date is going to be memorable. It's going to be more memorable than going and getting a meal, actually. So I guess that's my point is like, I think there's a way that that constraint of, of low cost dating is actually can be cool. It can be a cool part of the whole thing. So I just, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, thanks ladies. Really appreciate it. And if anyone has any comments or questions based on this episode, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Just again, a quick note. If you're interested in the course, you can find it at pleaseherinbed.com, www.pleaseherinbed.com or at my site, melaniecurtain.com under courses and have a very sexy day. <laughs>